Hi, this is Edward Liu, author of The More We Become. I am so excited to start this weekly podcast to discuss the insights from my book and beyond. My goal overall is for you to get two things. One, that you have unlimited potential and resources that you can pull from that can take your life to the next level. Second, by gaining insights from listening to this podcast, you will not only be able to elevate yourself, but it will increase your ability to positively impact others. Together, I hope we can make our world a better place. As I said in the preface of my book, the greatest authentic prestige, honor, and privilege we can bestow upon ourselves is to develop and use our ability to elevate those around us. It says that we have become a person whose life is worth living because we matter to others and they matter to us. I look forward to sharing my insights and hearing from you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the More We Become uh, Insight podcast. And uh, last episode, we spent a little time with Cindy, my copy editor, and we were able to go over, you know, her experience in meditation and uh, some practices and some benefits of meditation. And I, so I thought, you know, meditation is something that is very elusive for some people. And I wanted just to go a little further. And uh, I'm really excited um, to have my special guest, uh, Master John Martinez. And uh, Master, uh, Master John, I met at first at an um, awakening uh, fair, and he was promoting his business, and I was promoting my book. And he actually got me to sign on with his organization, Body and Brain. And so I was his, his participant for a little bit. And I have to say, honestly, uh, Master John was uh, my favorite uh, yoga instructor. And he just has this positive energy. He's funny. And, uh, you know, he's very patient. I would, afterwards, I would spend time and ask him questions. And he would give me very, very good advice. So I'm really excited uh, to pick his brains. Um, so uh, he's been a, he's been practicing uh, this for the last 10 years. So he's been practicing meditation, mindfulness for a while. So he has a lot of wisdom and experience to share with us. So Master John, thank you so much for joining our podcast. And uh, maybe you could uh, uh, tell the listener a little bit about like who you are, your background and how you came to do what you do. Sure. Thank you for having me, Ed. Um, I've been doing this practice for about 10 years now. The Body and Brain is, is our company name and kind of our movement affiliation. And um, I grew up in New York, Bronx, New York. So I'm a born and bred native, high frequency human being. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got into mostly the practice of Tai Chi and Qigong as an extension of my martial arts practice. I really wanted to I wanted to figure out how I can reduce my anxiety, reduce the levels of anger that I was feeling. There was a lot of things going on where I grew up, a lot of violence, a lot of drugs, a lot of, you know, these kind of things. And I felt victim to all of these uh, circumstances as I was growing up. And just like this overwhelming anger that I had, I would say that was the biggest thing that drove me to altering and changing my life was this deep anxiety, this deep anger, and behind it all was a deep loneliness or not really understanding why am I here? Why is this happening? And what can I actually do? So these questions kind of picked up my brain for many years. I was 16, 17, 18. And at about 19 years old, I really felt that I was in a place where I could 
take the next step in my life. I can do something. I was open enough to trying out something like yoga, doing something like Tai Chi and Qigong. So I stumbled uh, into the Body and Brain Center in Union Square at that time. Mm. And I went inside. It was this kind of clean and pristine place. The lady who, who met with me at the door was really kind and sweet. And I didn't look like this. <laughs> ten, years ago, 10 years ago I was a lot right. more aggressive more looking rough, right? and rough and had a beard and long hair and I smelled like smoke all the time and so I didn't you know maybe I wasn't as I didn't look as some as someone that you could uh, be kind to at least that's the preconception that I had in my mm -hmm. brain but you know having this interaction with this woman made me feel that there there are people in the world which don't cast judgments who can fully embrace me the way that I am behind all the layers that I that I put upon myself and that were placed upon me by society and the world that I grew up in. So here I am 10 years later. Um, I chose this kind of path immediately. Once I had some changes, I took a few workshops. I, I took class every day. I really took my practice seriously. And then some moment I felt much more positive, much more awake. I saw the hope in myself and in people. And I felt a moral obligation to let people experience the same thing that I felt. Oh, that's great. So like if you had like a, a both a short term or long term goal, what would you say it would be with regards to utilizing this this um, this vehicle and tool and your position? Uh, what, what what do you seek to do now in the for the next for the coming years? So our our like a company is movement goal is to develop a culture of what we call earth citizens, um, developing a culture of, of people who actually care for the earth, who care for themselves. And without caring for yourself, of course, you can't, you don't see the value and under, you don't really understand how and why you should care for the earth and its sustainability. Mm -hmm. So we want, we want to develop and we have a very tangible vision of creating 100 million earth citizens which is like the tipping point to create a culture of people who can actually create sustainable change in the earth. And we're not talking about climate change and things like that. Those are the extensions of one changing their consciousness by elevating your consciousness, by growing your brain power, your heart power, really becoming bright, really becoming a earth leader, mm. automatically all of the earth issues will be resolved. So really developing and focusing on this number, getting, uh, uh, inspiring people to choose to create a life around earth management. Right. Absolutely. I think, um, I think part of a big part of the purpose of my book, the more we become is sort of to, uh, uh encourage and support that spiritual revolution. The whole idea of, in my mind of becoming more is so that you could do, you could spread, and elevate others around you as you elevate yourself you you can't help but want to help you know elevate others and I, I think you you took it to another level in terms of as we're bettering ourselves spiritually uh, and personally we're starting to then realize that it's important to take care of uh not only the people around us but actually you know planet earth and uh, as a metaphor just 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 like having a greater respect for life itself uh, so uh, I really feel connected with that that purpose. Um, I wanted to just go in and and discuss a little bit about 
uh, well, two aspects. Uh, uh, one of the things that um, I came to realize is how powerful silence is and counterbalance with how, and you already started talking a little bit about it, how you evolved into, you know, where you are is how devastating like that inner, inner voice, that inner critic that, that's in our head is. So maybe we could talk a little bit about like both dynam dynamics, like the, the challenges of our inner dialogue uh, and how powerful uh, silence could be. Hmm. So I'm a big fan of doing both. Hmm. I think a lot of people misinterpret silence especially amongst the culture of people who practice meditation. Mm -hmm. And it's often used in a way that's counterproductive to what we're trying to achieve. And I say this from having met so many people who are, are in the practice of meditation and you know, developing a, a certain type of silence, which should be, in a way should be deactivated when it's time to communicate through conflicts, mm -hmm. right? So it, this is a, a, a looking at the idea of, am I looking for peace or am I looking for comfort? Mm -hmm. If I'm looking for comfort, I can utilize my silence as a way to avoid conflict mm -hmm. versus utilizing my silence, not to silence what I need to say or do, but to silence those voices in my head in order to take the actions that I need in my life that will propel me forward, my family, my community, and the earth forward. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like to play with the idea of Silence is necessary for one's own development and to understand the essence within us, but more importantly, the ability to communicate through that silence is, I would say, especially when it comes to dealing with people and interacting with the world, being able to properly communicate and then at the same time, silencing those voices of judgments and overlapping voices, which are blocking how we communicate. Mm -hmm. So how do you, so uh, that's a very interesting point, right? You're saying that the silence actually supports and, and, and improves more effective communication. How do you, like in your mind, how do you think silence breeds that? How, how does like, if, if somebody who's, who's never meditated, who, uh, you know, is new to this, like how, how, if we're having this conversation about how important silence is, how, how in your mind does silence improve our communication? not only with ourselves, but with the, the people we interact with on a daily basis. So you can imagine if me and you are having this conversation and after everything you say, I want to jump in and I want to say mm -hmm. something and I don't allow the space. I'm the listener mm -hmm. and you're the speaker. And within that clear relationship, there's such a harmonious balance as you're talking and I'm listening. I can feel my silence within myself, but I can also feel my chatter as mm -hmm. well. And allowing, not allowing this chatter to interfere with the silence that I'm practicing. Right now, you're practicing expressing. Well, I'm practicing now expressing, and you're practicing silence. And, and, ha and knowing that exchange instead of two people are trying to, and again, I'm from New York, right? There's, there was never a break. I never, <laughs> I never experienced really having a break in conversation. Right. Up until this practice, I've never experienced talker and listener unless it was a really dramatic situation. So to my brain, I didn't allow a person to get out their full sentence or full idea because unintentionally I wanna speak, I wanna share what I feel and this breaks the energy. And even though the person doesn't understand that 
this is not harmonious. They're also used to the culture of talking mm -hmm. on top of each other, right? Yeah. And I listen to many podcasts and people are just kind of overlapping and talking on top of each other. So being the, being the listener is the silent state and being the talker is the sharing state where I'm, where I'm giving. So like giving and receiving. Silence is receiving, right? And then talking is giving and having a very clean balance between giving and receiving. And I believe that this really breeds beautiful relationships. Absolutely. And uh, I just a lot of, uh, as, you, as I'm listening to you, just a lot of great insights just pop up. Uh, so I remember uh, as another example where like if, you're, if you want to, the difference between noise and music is that uh, music, you have silence between the notes. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't have silence between the notes, it would just be noise. Mm. Right. And then uh, the other thing that, um, you know, like uh, uh, resonated me, with me in terms of what you're saying is that uh, in order for you to for us to have that dynamic where you're talking and I'm listening and vice versa, uh, we have to like be present and keep our ego out. And I always define ego as like just our perception of ourselves, you know, as a as a as a separation from. The, the people around us. So when we're truly listening and we're silent, there is no ego. We're acting as one, you know, with the other person that we're com uh, communicating with. But if we're in our egoic mind, we're already thinking about what we want to say. And then when we're thinking about what we want to say, we're not really truly listening, especially if we disagree with the other person. Um, and so uh, I think that silence you know, speaks to the yin and the yang and the balance. Um, that's, that's, you know, as part of the natural world, you have night day, you know, you, you have these opposites that balances each other. Um, and then so, so it, it seems to me, I mean, I'm learning something new from you that um, silence breeds that, that natural balance. That's, that's part of the harmony of life. Yeah, so uh, it cuts off the it cuts off the idea that we need to judge what each other are saying. We don't need to judge. We don't need to interfere. What you share is absolutely what you feel. There's no right or wrong about that. It's just purely what you feel. Um, unless we're asking each other questions, there's nothing for me to say besides fully holding space for you, fully being there for you, and whatever you say, it's okay. And that is, you know, that breeds absolute compassion. It's okay. Whatever you say, it's fine. There's no right or wrong. And then being okay with just sharing whatever you want to share. But if we have the culture of right and wrong in our conversations, there's always going to be a fight. We're battling information with each other. Your preconception versus my preconception. There's no right or wrong. We are just, one is sharing, one is listening. And we're gaining insight about each other through this communication. But I feel that this only happens when you genuinely care. If you have genuine care about someone, you want to listen. And we can understand that, you know, with, with certain relationships in our life. But I believe that a lot of people can't relate to this concept because they never experienced somebody listening to them without judging them. Right, right, right. And um, yeah, and it's sometimes uh, part of why, you know, uh, we pursue meditation and silence is so that we could just be the observer. And it's neither, as you said, it's neither good or bad. And then we could just you know, observe and not have to make these judgments. And uh, that's, it's very liberating, you know, um, to, to have that. Um, and then, then out of that silence, you could 
you know, you can make a choice. Oh, does this make sense? You know, uh, how do I proceed given, you know, what's in front of me? Uh, mm -hmm. So that that's, um, that's very, very powerful. Um, um, it's like, uh, oh, you know, it used to bother me, like, uh, if, let's say I, I was, like, busy doing something, and then all of a sudden, um, I accidentally, you know, um, like, uh, threw the paper on, on the floor, I could get upset, that's the natural reaction, or I could just pick it up and, you know, put it back and continue doing what I'm doing, so we, we have a natural tendency to, to get upset and, and react, and I think, uh, part of why, um, you know, when we're in uh, a state of observing, we're, you know, it's, it's not reactive. We're, we're able to better respond. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, so I, I wanted just to, you already talked a little bit about this, but uh, I wanted to just go a little uh, further in, term, in terms of uh, the impact of meditation um, on your life, and also you have the privilege of uh, instructing many um, of your students and former students. Like, what what are some stories you have of how uh, you know someone pursuing silence, mindfulness, and meditation has impacted their life or your life? Well, you already mentioned some of the, uh, very powerful examples in your life, but what uh, what have you seen? Are some some stories of people who have, who have pursued? Um, you know, this path and how has that uh, impacted their lives? I can say out of all the people that I meet now, I've been teaching for 10 years now, so almost 10 years since 2011. And everyone has their own experience because of the process in which they enter that silent state. I, I believe that everyone enters into the silent state a little bit differently. Um, which is why there's no limitation to the method in which one attains that silence. And for example, one young guy that I work with who had a lot of very similar story to me, dealt with drugs, dealt with alcohol, dealt with abandonment, dealt with being bullied, um, dealt with being institutionalized and whether that be jail or rehab. And he, he dealt with this kind of lifestyle and what he wanted was to have that peace of mind but this is not someone who could who could sit still and focus on meditation this is not someone who is interested in yoga or doing anything like that i would say a lot of men growing up were not interested in doing that it, it, it's not a path that everyone is willing to take so for my brain i had to really think about how can i help this this kid achieve a state of silence be in a state of meditation but not through the traditional way that I would guide people, which is stretching and then breathing postures, body tapping. There's like different ways that we can go inside. But for him, certain things, what I found what he loves was boxing. I said, okay, he loves boxing. So I've boxed for 16 years. I know what it's like and how meditative being in flow can be. So I said, I don't need to put a preconception about what meditation is sitting down, crossing my legs and focusing on my breathing. It's not necessarily that you are meditating because you're in that state. That's just, for me, it's just like a sitting posture, mm. right? But you can sit there for 10 years and still not achieve stillness or peace of mind because of the process, right? Your process can be a little bit different. So I intensified our training, but what I did is I, I included the affirmations which I wanted him to 
kind of play within his brain who you are. So we have this preconception that we are a certain type of way, which doesn't, uh, which blocks us from understanding that we naturally exist in a state of meditation. We naturally exist in a state of flow. We naturally exist in a state of harmony with everything. We naturally exist in that state, but we've been covered by all these layers, thoughts, emotions, preconceptions, and fixed ideas. And you're a guy and a guy should look like this. And all of these ideas, we need to get rid of them. So more importantly is how can I help these people get rid of these layers or at least penetrate them to, to see their true self underneath all these layers. So it changed for everyone. For him, it was really intense boxing, going to the gym every day. And there's thousands of people going into the gym, millions of people going into the gym. And you would think that that's not a way to enter into a state of meditation. Mm -hmm. And when you mentioned about mindfulness and meditation, that is the perfect combination because through that gym training, through our boxing training, I guided this person to be mindful. Mindful of how you breathe, mindful of how you talk to yourself, mindful of the images in your brain, which are coming up while you're looking at other guys who are 20 times bigger than you or much more functional than you. Watch the voice in your head that was created by years and years of, of, of trauma and preconceptions. So then after he was able to and after we would train and I would ask him, what did you hear? What was inside of your mind? And he'd share, you know, I had this thought and this thought. And I said, okay, so what was your awakening? What's your resolution? What do you want to take away from this? And he would create what he wants to take away. Mm. And he was, he was just creating his life. And it's all, that's all we did was recreate and restructure the information, removing the old concept and then inviting new information. Mm. At some point, he was able to purify the information feel confident about himself, feel hopeful about himself. And what did that do? That allowed for space and silence. That allowed him to, to actually sit in class and meditate with his eyes closed because this kid had a really hard time to keep his eyes closed. Mind was so busy, right? Mm -hmm. Every time open his eyes and then kind of spacing out, which is a pure reaction of busyness. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with him. Just mind is so busy. So then... By training diligently, and I know because that's what, that's what I needed to do as well. I trained very like intense martial arts, even our practice, you know how we do body tapping and I'm really tapping my body, get out, <laughs> get out of my head, go into my body. And I'm stimulating myself so much in order to reach that point of silence. Mm. So each person that I've guided was always, always there's some difference. And I think it's a trainer's job to find out what's the way that this person can reach that same state. We all have the same state, but I believe that how we get to that can be slightly different, especially with the diversities of training that we have now. And some people, they don't want to feel their body, but I believe that that's the fastest and most effective way out of everyone I train with, let them feel their body, feel the vessel, and then heal the vessel. And once that happens, you have space for energy to circulate. And then within that space, you can feel the silence. Mm. Just like the music note. As things are happening, there will be space. You feel energy, you feel your breath, but then there's a moment where there's space. And mm. you can stay there for 30 seconds or an hour, but I believe in the unconscious or subconscious dimension, that one second can feel like a day or that one hour could feel like a second. 
depending on where you are. So how we get there, I believe that we just need to train the physical body, going into the physical body and feel energy and have something tangible which can hold our awareness in the body. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think you, you, you uh, raise a point that I, you know, in my book, when I wrote The Journey of a Beginning Meditator, one of the biggest walk away is that it's not something that I can learn from somebody who's experienced unless I experience it myself. And my journey, your journey, and somebody else's journey is, is going to be very unique. And it's okay uh, to go our, our own path, right? And I think sometimes we think, oh, we get into meditation. Oh, we have to do it this way. We doing it, we're doing it wrong. And in actuality, just, just be and understand that your journey is going to be unique. And I think what's very powerful to, uh, as well is you got that individual to the point where he was able to cultivate silence. And when he's able to cultivate a little bit more space in his head, he now has room to create what he actually wants rather than just reacting to his past conditioning. Um, so that's very, very powerful. Um, now I know in my other workshops, I uh, said, Hey, look, if you're not into meditation, start with some, like mindfulness activities now. So some of the uh, mindfulness activities uh, could be something like, you know, you taking a walk, you, you, you're in a garden, um, you're shooting hoops, you're playing golf. Um, so is it that there's certain activities, do you feel that there's certain activities that, that promotes more mindfulness or do you feel that uh, somebody starting out who's not ready, let's say to sit in a lotus position um, is there certain activities that they can do to cultivate mindfulness or do you believe that, Hey, uh, you could be in a mindful, uh, presence in anything that you do. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I do. I believe that there is a way to achieve a state of silence and a state of meditation in anything that you do. And that's what we usually tie the term, the way the way of breathing, the way of the Tao, or the way of cooking, or the way of, I believe that whatever you do, when you just add, if you, if you feel your consciousness, what you're doing, and then you add that to the thing that you're doing, together, we can create a natural state of flow. Mm. So I, I'm not just playing basketball, but I'm connecting with the earth. I'm connecting with my comrades. I am interacting with people and I am in a way I'm dancing with energy. I'm, I'm exchanging energy with these, with these things, with these people, with this ball, nothing is inanimate. Everything has energy. Everything exists as a part of the whole. So having that awareness and I believe again, awareness is the key to making anything um, a meditative practice. So bringing that awareness into my body being aware that my interactions are so beautiful, that they're so precious. Out of 7.8 billion people, here are 10 people that I'm playing basketball with. We just so happen to show up at 24-hour fitness in Nanuet at 2 a.m. to play basketball. How beautiful and precious, right? I've done it many times. And then I said, wow, what a beautiful interaction with these people. And I felt like that. I walked out maybe two or three points, but I felt so happy, even more <laughs> happy than the person who scored 20, you know, 20 buckets. Right. So I believe that the more that you cultivate your awareness 
into understanding that we are part of the whole, that we are the collective. Mm-hmm. Whether you're walking in the, in the street, whether you're driving, whether you're having a, a simple conversation, it will become a state of meditation. It will become a silent space where two energy bodies are interacting and exchanging energy for the development of my true self, of my soul, mm-hmm. which essentially is growth for the collective and the earth. Right, so right. The, I believe that that's, that's the way to, you know, to find peace in all things that we do and to find that thing that is fruitful for you, whatever that is, dancing, writing, sports, you know, as long as it's moral and your soul knows if you're doing something that's right, you can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're stealing, if you're hurting someone, your soul knows that it's not right. So you can't find the way of robbing or the way of killing. They have been people. Who put, <laughs> there have been people who put that together. This is the way of combat, the way of hurting people. But essentially, it doesn't grow the collective. Mm-hmm. So then, is it really a fruitful experience for me? Am I really experiencing stillness mm-hmm. through it, or am I still suffering? Yeah, I think um, we we you know in my book I talk about uh, staying present and uh, mo- like you know being mindful and. Uh, I think your explanation, um, you know, resonates with me because that's a deeper um, way of looking at how to stay present, right? It's just, uh, you know, like a paradigm uh, shift that we're all energy and you're interacting with different energies. That's, uh, so that's, that's a great way of, of, of putting forward, like the power of, of staying present. Um, now for those who are considering starting like meditation as a regular practice you have any like advice on how to how they can get started yeah um i mean it obviously depends everyone's condition is a little bit different but i would start by you know there's a term a new age term called tapping in right it's a the spiritual term of like connecting with yourself and you literally tap into the body by stimulating the body you are stimulating the systems of the body, the chakra system, the blood vessel system, the lymphatic system, your organ systems, your brain systems. So in order for us to really experience a state of healing within meditation, we have to advance our systems. We have to, we have to optimize our systems. Mm. From that place, energy will flow. You will experience good health, optimal health. And then you don't need to worry about other things, right? We, we are not happy because we don't focus on our health. We put our awareness in material or external things. So for the beginner, the beginner practitioner, what they need to do is simply bring their awareness to themselves, whether that be through running or through um, push-ups or through sit-ups. My teacher puts emphasis on connecting with everything through mm-hmm. everything that he does. And that's how he guides us as well. You know, we say Tong Chun living, connect the earth Qigong which is just push-ups. So when you, when you say, I'm going to do earth Qigong, and then, okay, you think something cool, but it's just, it's literally just push-ups. But it's not just push-ups. I am interacting with the earth. What difference does it make than doing this energy Qigong than doing push-ups? It's the same thing. And if I look at it as a chore and a thing just to do, then I won't want to do it. But if I love the earth, if I feel that connection with what I'm doing, then I would love to do push-ups. I would love to connect with the earth, 
right? Who hates to see their children or their loved ones? If they love them, they want to interact with them even all day, no work. They're fine just interacting. So in order to really start your meditation practice, we have to uh, discover how do I want to interact with my body? Do I want to do yoga? Do I want to do qigong? Do I want to do this? And whatever it is that you do, becoming fully immersed in that. So there's a thing called the second wind when you're running or a runner's high, which I experienced the runner's high many times. It's just a state of flow. I've done something beyond the point of discomfort until I've reached a state of flow. And now that I'm doing it within the state of flow, there's nothing in my mind. I feel my systems are aligned and my energies are connected and I feel one with the earth or whatever I'm running on. And I'm in that state of meditation. From that state, I could run all day. Wow, that's great. Yeah, because in my book, I also uh, talk about uh, Sri um, Chimoy. And Sri Chimoy and his followers do ultra marathons. And ultra marathons, uh, you know, they're like, uh, they're not like 26 miles. They're like, like hundreds of hundreds of miles. And I'm just like, how did they, like, I can barely do 26 miles. I wouldn't even be able to reach 26 miles, but they're able to, like, it was really very impressive that it got to the state where, as you're talking about, like their energy, like just flowed. And it was funny because you mentioned push up, and I remember, oh, I hated, I hated <laughs> push up in your, <laughs> yeah, but you know, now I have a new perspective on push ups. But, uh, but I think that that's a great way. Just like pick a physical activity you enjoy and just like immerse and be present with it and be aware of your body and, and, and the energy and the ground and, and whatever it is that you're interacting with. I think that's, that's a great tip. Um, so this has been great. I've picked up so much, uh, uh, like little, uh, insights, um, paradigms, uh, from this conversation. So, uh, I really enjoy having this conversation and I'm sure the listeners who are, um, whoever gets to listen to this conversation will get a lot of, uh, great value from it. Uh, um, I'm so excited to, to share this with as many people as I can get to listen to this. Um, so uh, I usually end the podcast with, uh, because we talked a lot, right? Uh, if you have, if you wanted, if we wanted our listeners uh, to, you know, walk away with a couple of uh, major points of this conversation, like what would you want the listeners to sort of walk away with? Mm. So that's a really good question. I believe that the whole point of this podcast, which is introducing meditation, introducing mindfulness, introducing stillness, one can, one can actually practice this in everything that they do. One is slow down, right? Slow down the way that you move, slow down your expectations, slow down your reactions, and all of this starts by slowing down the breath. So the first practical thing that they can do is slow down your breathing. Whether that be, uh, you know, one thing, one proverb that I really love is, um, and I can't recall where I heard this, but I've heard it in many avenues, is it, uh, meditate every day for 20 minutes. But if you don't have time, meditate for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's, it's time is an illusion, which means you can never say that I don't have enough time. You have time. You, you, we are the creators of our life. We decide if we want to do left or right. So slow down your breathing, whether it's for 10 seconds, 10 minutes, or 10 hours, it doesn't matter. Let your body know that you're trying to connect with it. 
mm-hmm. right? Because the body functions two third as a microbiome. It's a microbiological function, which means my heart beats by itself, my stomach uh, digests by itself, my large intestine, small intestine extract the produced minerals by themselves. So for the most part, I don't have to think about anything. So then the other part I should be mindful of, two thirds of me, I don't need to think about so much. But what I can do is slow down my breathing, let my body know, this microbiological me know that I am trying to connect with it and then develop a harmonious relationship with you and your body, starting from your breath. So then if breath is the essence to connect to my body, do whatever makes the breath feel better. So running is obviously gonna make your breath better right? Deep breathing exercises, playing sports. Yeah, that's all good. But then once you do that activity, have a seat and come to your breath, come to your breathing. And then from that state, you will experience the reduction of the brainwave, right? From a gamma state to a beta state, and then all the way down to your alpha theta states of where we experience peace and harmony in the self. So I believe that breathing is one of the things that most people don't practice, which is it doesn't require any skill. It doesn't require any money. It doesn't require a location. It doesn't require anything. You just need to be aware that it's happening. Mm -hmm. And if you're aware that it's happening and you sit with that, that's step one. After you have this energy, this energy and and breathing awareness, then you can actually, actually feel that alive energy in the body. From that place, you can create whatever it is that you want. You can open up your mind screen and then manifest your life. You can do many types of internal meditations, elevating the emotion by visualizing your enlightenment or visualizing your success. And then from there, feeling the overwhelming emotion that comes with visualizing because the brain obviously doesn't know the difference between you imagining it and it being real. It it feels it the same exact way so just once you're in that state of, of breath connection feel the energy in the body by connecting to your chakras so there's some education that has to happen they have to learn about their systems not just their physical body but meridians and energy body which is something that most people don't practice although we are aware this person's taking my energy this person has great energy all oh, that person drains my energy mm. so we say it we are aware of it unconsciously but we don't practice it there was never an educational system that taught energy awareness, which is what our practice is primarily wrapped around, which is energy awareness and then human development of human consciousness. Connect with your breath, feel energy in the body, and then visualize what you want in your life, hope and peace, and then take action to actualize what it is that you saw in your mind. So if I want to lose, if I saw me looking a certain type of way but then i get out of my meditation i feel great and then i go out and i eat a eat a burger (laughs) which is not helping my goal right if my goal was to gain weight eating a burger will help me but if my goal is to lose weight then it's not helpful so then i lose confidence for myself by not keeping my promises to me my breath becomes short because i become anxious i don't trust myself and now i need to go back again slow down your breathing and then you'll feel your emotions, you'll feel your energy. At that time, you can release everything. Sadness, anger, fear, and then embrace whatever you feel and then create in your life whatever you want by visualizing it. Then with your physical body, actualize it. Take the steps that you need to actually 
make your life the way that it is and understand that your life is not just your life, but we are the collective. What you do directly affects me. Mm. It will come around one way or another. One person's action affects all people's reality. So having that mindfulness, we can expand um, our awareness and consider that my meditation, my stillness, my peace is not just for me, but it's for the world. Right. That's beautiful. So I had to summarize breath, body, visualization, action, mm. and collective wellness of mm. the people around us. And so that's mm. beautiful. And I think um, I learned just um, that, uh, you know, we're made of, of energy and just be conscious of our energy and other people's energy to help us, you know, keep that flow of harmony between myself and the people I interact with and uh, to create greater harmony. And so, um, wow, it's just some really powerful teachings. And um, um, so um, I feel so, you know, blessed to have this conversation with you. And uh, I'm sure our listeners will get, you know, significant value. Um, I'm going to probably have to invite you at some point to have another <laughs> conversation. Um, Anytime. Uh, and we should definitely get together. Um, you know, I, maybe I, sh I should go back to training with you. I think <laughs> I need that. Um, but uh, thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom, your love, uh, and who you are. And, you know, that's uh, a very consistent with the type of energy I would like to bring to other people. And uh, so I'm, I'm blessed to have met you. And, uh, uh, and uh, I'm grateful that we're able to share our insights and, and have this conversation. Mm, thank you, Ed. Thank you. Uh, till next time. Um, goodbye. And, but this is not, uh, you know, in, in Chinese, it's uh, 再见 means uh, to see you again. And, 再见. Uh, yeah, 再见. And <laughs> I would like to, see, you know, obviously, uh, great energy. And I want to continue to learn from you. And uh uh, and I'm sure our listeners will listen, will, will learn a lot from this conversation. Thank you, John. Thank you, Thank you so much. Great. Wow, what an extraordinary conversation I just had with Master Jonathan Martinez of Body and Brain. I know I learned so much from talking with him. I hope you receive many nuggets of his wisdom from our conversation. Here are this episode's action items. Action item number one, practice being silent when having a conversation with someone else. That is when the other person is speaking, you are consciously being silent, listening and being attentive with what he or she is saying. Reflect on how this conversation is different from your other conversations you've had in the past. Action item number two, select a physical activity you like to do. This could be running, boxing, basketball, weight training, etc. Focus and notice your breath and breathing while you're engaged in this activity. Pay attention also to what is happening in your body. What did you notice before that you didn't by being conscious of your breathing and what is happening to your body? Enjoy that space, your silence, your breath, and greater peace of mind and clarity that comes with doing the above two action items. Do you want to promote growth in different areas of your life, such as in your relationships, in your personal health, in your career, and spiritually? Would you like to create greater balance in your life? 
Originally, the sixth chapter of The More We Become, you can now get it free as a bonus chapter by visiting www.themorewebecome.com. If you have any questions related to the podcast or the book, or just any questions in general, please contact me at info at themorewebecome.com. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. This podcast is now over. For more information on Ed, head on over to his website at themorewebecome.com. There you can buy your own personal copy of his book. Books are also sold at Amazon and Barnes & Noble.